Thank you for coming today to Daily Reflections, Alcoholic Anonymous. My name is Fernando, an alcoholic. It's only by God's grace I'm here, fully clothed in my right mind. Uh, you know, driving in pair, getting two, two DUIs, the disgrace of getting divorced, you know, and the same attorney handling your DUI. Best thing that ever happened to me. The man said, someday you're going to thank me, young man. He insisted that the judge sent me to AA and Anabu school. And the hair back of my hair stood up. I stood up arguing with him before we go into the court system. Hey, I hired you to get me out of this, not to get me into this mess. And he said, someday you're going to thank me, young man. Sure enough, 10 months later, after I finished paying him, I had the magical pop. You know, your head comes out of your ass and you stop living in denial and start uh, judging yourself that, yes, I hurt people. Yes, I hurt myself. Yes, I, I'm so behind the eight ball in if society's concerned of being irresponsible, not understanding how to be a man, not understanding how to keep a commitment, not even a dentist appointment or anything like that. <clears throat> for years, I couldn't make an appointment for the next week because I knew I wasn't going to keep it. I start uh, trying to get my GED, and I, in a little, and I end up in a motorcycle and leave for two years. And I come back and I say, "Well, I'm ready to finish my." And who are you? And they had to look my accounts. We don't have any record of you. I had to start all over again. Ha! Huh. The nerve of people. So I want to thank God for the opportunity to uh, to have intelligent people out there talking about their story and how bad they messed up and laughing about it and allowing me to ease my own craziness, to ease up on, uh, on my guilt, ease up on my condemnation, ease up and start enjoying life. And being able to uh, to keep 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 a job and start being responsible and start working my program. All right, daily reflections. Today's reading, please. Thank you so much. AA.org. We can do this. Stepping into the sunlight, November the ninth. But first of all, we shall want sunlight. Nothing much can grow in the dark. Meditation is our step out into the sun. As Bill sees at page 10. Sometimes I think I don't have time for prayer and meditation. Forgetting that I always found the time to drink. It is possible to make time for anything I want to do if I want it badly enough. When I start the routine of prayer meditation, it's a good idea to plan to devote a small amount of time to it. I read a page from our fellowship books in the morning and say, Thank you, God. When I go to bed at night, as prayer becomes a habit, I will increase the time spent on it without even noticing the foray it makes into my busy day. If I have trouble praying, I just repeat the Lord's Prayer because it really covers everything. Then I think of what I can be grateful for and say a word of thanks. I don't need to shut myself in a closet to pray. It can be done even in a room full of people. 
I just remove myself mentally for an instant. As the practice of prayer continues, I will find I don't need words, for God can and does hear my thoughts through silence. Amen. I'm Fernando, an alcoholic, and my experience was on that one that uh, as I move my toes and I need to be grateful for something, I can I said, thank God for my toes. Thank God I can move my toes. If I can keep it up for 30 seconds, uh, dopamine and these endorphins and all these good chemicals start to flow in my brain. And I become high with the most high without a DUI. God makes things possible. And to be able to shift from discouragement to, you know, and discouragement was a habit. Complaining, crying uh, was a habit, just like my drinking was a habit. So every time I complain, I thank God that I complain. I was a man. I went to God and I said, God, I thank you. I'm a misfit. Now here I am complaining again till the complaints stop. Before I try to complain, I couldn't complain no more because I th- I would thank God about it. I said, well, why complain? I'm gonna thank God that I complain, and the and the thanking God cured it. It stopped it. It made me uh, aware of my surroundings. All right, let's go ahead and shift gears right now. We're going to move from Faith to Faith, a daily devotional by Gloria and Kenny Copeland. Today, the November the 9th, it says, oh, I got it in Spanish here. I also read it in Spanish for my AA family when I'm reading this to you. And November the 9th, it says, brag on God, Gloria Copeland. And she's taking a verse from Romans 12, 12 from the Amplified Bible that says, Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Romans 12, 12. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. We're to live in hope. We're to rejoice. So when Satan comes to steal your victory and tell you that God is not going to help you this time, you just think on the Word of God and start rejoicing. Rejoice that you're in Him. Rejoice that heaven is your home. Rejoice that greater is He that is in you than he that's in the world. Rejoice. Brag on God today. The devil can't stand it. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Tribulation means being under pressure. When pressure comes, don't cave in. Don't faint. Instead, go to the throne of grace. Go boldly in the name of Jesus and get the help you need. Remember this. When things get hard, isn't it when you let go of the word? When things get hard, isn't it when you have let go of the word? That's when you double up on it. That's when you are in constant in prayer so that you are immovable. Rejoice, be patient under pressure, be constant in prayer. The devil won't be able to steal one thing from you. Amen. And that was for today's devotion on November the 9th. Additional reading is Romans 5, 1 through 5. So let us thank God that we are in the program. Thank God for our drinking. Thank God for we have problems. We rejoice in suffering and tribulation because 
We have a mighty God that's able to put ease into it and give us wisdom and answers. We can in Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. Let's go ahead and close with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. Let us open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. All right, today I'm going to go ahead and be reading uh, 12 and 12, the first step from Bill, Bill W., from the 12 and 12. I got to bring it up. AA.org has a lot of information and free books to read, has the daily reflections, has our our 12 and 12 and the AA books or that we can read. Okie doke. Here we go. We read that today at the at the park at our meeting and I always wanted to put it on Put it on my podcast. So here we go. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Who cares to admit complete defeat? Practically no one, of course. Every natural instinct cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. It is truly awful to admit that. Glass in hand, we have warped our minds into such an obsession for destructive drinking that only an act of providence can remove it from us. No other kind of bankruptcy is like this one. Alcohol now became the rapacious creditor, bleeds us of all self-sufficiency and all will to resist its demands. Once this stark fact is accepted, our bankruptcy is going Human concerns is complete. Our bankruptcy as going human concerns is complete. But but about entering AA, we soon take quite another view of this absolute humiliation. We perceive that only through utter defeat we are able to take our first step towards liberation and strength. Our admission of personal poverty finally turns out to be a firm bedrock upon which Happy and purposeful lives may be built. We know that little good can come to any alcoholic who joins AA unless he has first accepted his devastating weakness and all his consequences. Until he so humbly himself humble 
his sobriety, if any, will be precarious. Of real happiness, he will find none at all. Proved beyond doubt by the immense experience, this is one of the facts of AA life. The principle that we shall find no enduring strength until we first admit complete defeat is the main taproot from which our whole society has sprung and flowered. When first challenged to admit defeat, most of us revolted. We had approached AA expecting to be taught self-confidence. Then we had been told that so far as alcohol is concerned, self-confidence was no good, whatever. In fact, it was a total liability. Our sponsors declared that we were the victims of a mental obsession so subtly powerful that no amount of human willpower could break it. There was, they said, no such thing as the personal consequence of this compulsion by the unaided will. Relentlessly deepening our dilemma, our sponsors pointed out our increasing sensitivity to alcohol, an allergy, they called it. The tyrant alcohol wielded a double-edged sword over us. First, we were smitten by an insane urge that condemned us to go on drinking, and then by an allergy of the body that ensured we would ultimately destroy ourselves in the process. Few indeed were those who, so a sale had ever won, through in single-handed combat. It was a statistical fact that alcoholics almost never recovered on their own resources. And this had been true apparently ever since man have first crushed grapes. In AA's pioneering time, none but the most desperate cases swallow and digests this unpalatable truth. Even these last gaspers often had difficulty in realizing how hopeless they actually were. But a few did, and when these laid hold of AA principles with all the fervor with which the drowning seas life preserver, they almost invariably got well. That is why the first edition of the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, published when our membership was small, dealt with low-bottom cases only. Many less desperate alcoholics tried AA but did not succeed because they could not make the admission of hopelessness. It is a tremendous satisfaction to record that in the following years, this changed. Alcoholics still had their health, their families, their job, even two cars in the garage, began to recognize their alcoholism. As this trend grew, they were joined by young people who were scarcely more than potential alcoholics. They were spared the last 10 or 15 years of literally hell the rest of us had gone through. Since step one requires an admission that our lives had become unmanageable, how could people such as these take this step? It was obviously necessary to raise the bottom the rest of us had hit to the point where it would hit them. By going back in our own drinking histories, we would show that years before we realized it, we were out of control. That our drinking, even then, was no mere habit. That it was indeed the beginning of a fatal progression. To the doubters, we could say, perhaps... You're not an alcoholic after all. Why don't you try some controlled drinking? Bearing in mind, meanwhile, what we have told you about alcoholism. This attitude brought immediate and practical result. It was then discovered that when one alcoholic has planted in the mind of another the true nature of his malady, 
that person could never be the same again. Following every spree, he would say to himself, maybe those AAs were right. After a few such experiences, often years before the one, one set of extreme difficulty, he would return to us convinced. He had hit bottom as truly as any of us. John Barleycorn himself had become our best advocate. Why all this insistence that every AA must hit bottom first? The answer is that few people will sincerely try to practice the AA program unless they have hit bottom. For practicing AA's remaining 11 steps mean the adoption of attitude and action that almost no alcoholic who is still drinking can dream of taking. Who wishes to be rigorous, honesty, and tolerant? Who wants to be? Who wants to confess his faults to another and make restitution for harm done? Who cares for anything about a higher power, let alone meditation and prayer? Who wants to sacrifice time and energy in trying to carry AA's message to the next sufferer? No, the average alcoholic self-centered in the extreme doesn't care for this prospect unless he has to do these things in order to stay alive himself. Under the lash of alcoholism, we are driven to AA, and there we discover the fatal nature of our situation. Then and only then do we become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen to the dying can be. We stand ready to do anything which will lift the merciless obsession from us. Under the lash of alcoholism, we are driven to AA, and there we discover the fatal nature of our situation. Then and only then do we become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as the dying can be. We stand ready to do anything which will lift the merciless obsession from us. The nature of the fellowship. Elnam family groups are uncommon people who meet to share a common problem. The effects of the disease of alcoholism on those who live or have lived with an alcoholic. In weekly meetings, members of the Allen or Allen Teen Fellowship share how they have used their program to recover from recurring symptoms of their own. Their willingness to discuss and share problems and solutions spans differences in sex, age, ethnic, social, and religious backgrounds. From a variety of circumstances, they meet at equals. This self-help program of simple but universal principles led to their recovery and a satisfying way of life. In Elanon, there are no rules. Each member is free to accept or reject the suggestions of others. There are no fees for membership and attendance of meetings is, and meetings involuntarily. Anonymity is an Elanon tradition. Members are known only to each other. The Al-Anon program is based on experience. For this reason, members will often invite those who are or have been deeply affected by someone else's drinking to go with them to a meeting as the best 
explanation of how Al-Anon works. Immediately, the newcomer will sense a warm and welcome atmosphere among the membership, which almost always leads to participation in an uplifting experience, at least for the time spent at the meeting. The ability to rise above the immediate concerns of life and to find a common experience is often how the newcomer first recognizes the presence of a higher power, the name given to the source of the spiritual change. In AA pioneer days, close relatives of recovering alcoholics realized that to solve their personal problem, they needed to apply the same principles that help alcoholics in their recovery. When wives of early AA members visited groups all over the country, they told of the personal help they had received by living AA's 12 steps of recovery. This helped to improve family relationships that often remained difficult after the alcoholic had become sober. Husband and wives and other relatives of AA members began to hold meetings to discuss their common problems. By 1948, members of family groups had applied to the AA General Service Office for a listing. Many troubled relatives of alcoholics were asking them for help, but AA was designed to help alcoholics and not other family members. In 1941, several AA wives formed a clearinghouse committee to get in touch with these inquiries and to coordinate and serve the then existing 50 family groups. As a result, a polling each group, the name Elon Family Groups was chosen. The name is a contraction of the first few letters of the words Alcoholics Anonymous. The 12 steps of AA almost unchanged, and later the 12 traditions were both adopted as guiding principles. Elatine became a part of Elon when the teenage children in the families of alcoholics realized that their lives too had been deeply affected by someone else's drinking. In 1957, Alatine grew out of their needs. A 17-year-old boy whose father was an AA and whose mother was an Alanon had been quite successful in trying to solve his problems by applying the AA steps and slogans. With his parents' encouragement, he asked five other teenagers with alcoholic parents to join him in forming a fellowship to help teenagers with alcoholism in the family. The idea caught on and the number of groups began to grow. The logos of the Elnam Fellowship each consist of a circle within a triangle. The circle refers to the higher power, which may be characterized according to the preference of each individual member. The corners of the triangle stand for the three legacies of the Elnam program. They are recovery through the 12 steps, unity through the 12 traditions, and service through the 12 concepts of Elnam. The first legacy recovery guides the way to a normal, useful way of life. The second legacy, unity, provides a framework within which Elnam Elatine groups can carry on their affairs in harmony. Both the 12 steps and 12 traditions are described in greater detail elsewhere in this section. The third legacy service requires carrying the message informally to the relatives or friends of an alcoholic known as 12-step work and formally through the structure of the Elanon Elatine Fellowship as a whole. 
Although Elon has its roots in AA, by 1968, the Elon World Service Conference unanimously approved the development of Elon's separate concept of service based on the Elon experience. During 1969, Lois W. chaired a committee that produced a proposed text. These concepts were well considered before the World Service Conference in 1970, Affirm them as guidelines for service. These Elanon LT service maintain communications and take care of routine operations. They have only enough structure to assure effective functioning and free exchange of information and help. The Elanon LT group is the basic unit. Each group is led by a rotating slate of officers and, and operates in autonomously, except in matters which may affect other groups. Each group elects a group representative, GR, to attend the district meeting and area assembly. The district is a geographical division containing a number of groups located closely enough for convenience. Groups represented by their GRs share information and each GR can bring back to the home group the broader experience learned through the district meetings. A district representative, DR, is elected from the GRs who make up the district meeting. All the districts in a state of Canadian Providence make up an area except in large or populous states where there may be two. The assembly, composed of all GRs and elected DRs in the area, meet at least once every three years. Each assembly is represented by one delegate at the World Service Conference. The delegate is an Elanon Elatine member selected from among the DRs and by the GRs who are present in the assembly held for the purpose. The delegate represents all the groups in his or her area. Delegates from all, all the areas of the U.S. and Canada meet once a year for several days of intense sessions called the World Service Conference. Discussions on matters of policy provide guidance for the World Service Office and Al-Anon Elating as a whole. Information in, is relayed back to the home groups through the delegates, the DRs and GRs. The World Service Office, WSO, acts as a service center for other 21,000 groups all over the world. General service offices are the equivalent of the World Service Office in other countries. Several have conferences of their own. Ellen Elantine Information Services intergroups are local service centers established by one or more districts to provide a listing of local Elanon LT meetings, maintaining and distributing conference-approved literature, and serve as an avenue for the local public information and institution's work. Through the, this service structure, Elanon Elantine offers support to its membership and unified information to all the professionals concerned with alcoholism. Elanon maintains a separate but friendly relationship with the professional community. The Elanon LT Fellowship has enjoyed accelerated growth around the world in countries where many different languages are spoken. Although it grew out of a need expressed by wives of AA members, this extended family now offers help to any relative or close associate of an alcoholic who feels his or her life has been deeply affected by the drinking. 
At least half of members of Al-Anon are friends or relatives of alcoholics who have not yet joined AA. And this was a book called Al-Anon Faces Alcoholism. I think it was written in 1968. No, excuse me, 1984. So these numbers are are low, especially the groups. I'm sure they're at the 50,000 by now. We started a couple of meetings ourselves, me, myself, at the park, Al-Anon meetings, doing the, uh, the textbooks and the meditation books. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Hi, John chapter 13, King James Version. Now, before the feast, the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, where in the world he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that, that the Father had given all things unto his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, thou dost wash my feet. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet and my head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needed not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, You are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment and was set down again, he said unto him, Know you what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. For I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it has come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I sent, receiveth me, and he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. 
when Jesus has thus said he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one another, doubting of whom he spoke. Now there was a leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spoke. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a soap when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said unto him, Thou do doest do quickly. That thou doest doest do quickly. That now no man on that table knew for what intent he spoke this unto him. For some of them thought because Judah had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, Buy these things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, now, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of God, the Son of Man, glorified, and God is glorified in him. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, you shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Greetings. Welcome to today's podcast. Let's go ahead and open this podcast with a moment of silence followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today's reading comes to us from a a book called Provision Promises. The big PP, provision, pro, you know, vision. In other words, 
imagination, a, a positive imagination. That's what provision means to me. And then another word, pro, pro missus. It's like hundreds of missiles are coming our way with blessings. And unless we announce those missiles, we're going to miss them. So we announce by saying something good about the missiles coming our way. Pro missus. Most of them we're going to miss. There's hundreds and thousands and millions of blessings coming our way right over our head. So, you know, we got to be like the dream catchers. I believe the Indians had it correctly when they put these dream catchers overnight. Promises. So let us ask for some promises right now. Heavenly Father, we just surrender to you. Lord, we... We surrender. We just relax, relax our shoulders, relax our minds, our souls, Lord. We relax our toes. We move our toes. We're thankful and grateful we can move our toes. We are thankful and grateful we can move our ankles, Lord God. Yes, and our knees, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We can move our knees Lord, and our joints, Lord, our back, the ball joints, Lord. We thank you. We can raise, Lord, our legs. Thank you, Lord God, for all our eternal organs, Lord God. We thank you for everything that's inside of us. Lord, we appreciate every organ, Lord God, that you have ordained, Lord. We thank you for the fingers we have, our hands, Lord. There are valuable billions of uses our hands have. Thank you for our elbow, Lord. Thank you, Father, for all that we have Thank you, Lord God, for our eyes, our ears, our brains, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you've given us these valuable tools, Lord God, that we may see you and acknowledge you. So we just relax. Take a deep breath. Thank you for our lungs. And we say, Lord, be it unto us according to your pleasure, your will, Lord. Today, we surrender ourselves to you. Thy will be done, Lord, not ours today. Amen. Okay, today's scripture is found in John chapter 6, verses 11 to 13, and Ephesians 3.20. Let's go ahead and, and read Ephesians 3.20 from the Message Bible. It says, God can do anything, you know, for far more than you could have ever imagined or guessed or requested. In your wildest dreams, he does it. By working within us, his spirit deeply and gently <clears throat> within us. Ephesians 3.20, message. Now John 6.11.13 says, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gather them up and fill twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. John six, eleven through thirteen. The title of today's teaching is You Cannot Exalt His Supply. Let's look again at this miracle that Jesus performed in the feeding of the 5,000. 
This miracle is the only miracle Jesus performed that is recorded in all of the four gospel accounts. Did you hear that? It's the only one that, that transcends all four gospels. This tells us that Jesus wants us to draw out of the hidden revelations in this miracle. Are you ready for this? Jesus is telling us something. Now that you notice how John records that the people ate as much as they wanted until they were filled. In other words, they ate and ate until they could eat no more. Everyone ate to his heart's content, and still there was plenty left over. Twelve baskets full, to be precise. God's supply of provision will always exceed your demand. He is such a big God, there is nothing he cannot do. My friend, don't look to the world to supply your lack. Be wise. Don't touch easy loans with exorbitant interest rates hidden in the fine print and become trapped in a financially sapping cycle of debt. Look to Jesus, his ways and his supplies that never fail. Amen. And to that, that's, I believe, our surrender and our prayer. We gave ourselves as the loaves to the Lord in our surrender. And in it, he will multiply it a thousand times so that we can be more happy, more effective, more joyous, more interested in the things of this world and his creation, find solutions, and believe that all things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible. We ask him to supply and multiply the, the, the resources that we have. We give thanks for them and we raise them up to God and we say, Lord, here's our pocketbook. Here's our, our form of exchange, Lord God. Lord, we ask you to bless it, bless the economy and all the people that have to do with supplying our, our food supply, our needs, Lord. Thank you for the water and the electricity that flows so easily. Lord, we thank you for the air. We thank you for your love and your presence to be in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen. Go in peace. I've been reading from Provision Promises from Joseph Prince. Greetings. We're doing a book review, a book by A.J. Russell, God Calling. It says right here in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yes, my word, the Lord says, the scriptures. Read them, study them, store them in your hearts. Use them as you use a lamp to guide your footsteps. But remember, my children, my word is more even than that. It is the voice that speaks to your hearts, that inner consciousness that tells of me. It is the voice that speaks to your immediately, intimately, personally, and this sacred evening time. It is even more than that. It is I, your Lord and friend. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, truly a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. The hardest lesson. 
Wait, and you shall realize the joy of the one who can be calm and wait, knowing that all is well. The last and hardest lesson is that of waiting. So wait. I would almost say, forgive me, children, that I allow this extra burden to rest upon you, even for such a short time. I would have you know this, that from the moment you place all in my hands and sought no other aid from that moment, I have taken the quickest way possible to work out your salvation and to free you. There is so much you have to be taught to avoid future disaster. But the friend with whom you stand by the grave of failure, of dead ambitions, of relinquished desires, that friend is a friend for all time. Use this waiting time to cement the friendship with me and to increase your knowledge of me. There is so much you have to be taught to avoid future disaster. But the friend with whom you stand, Jesus, by the grave of failure, by, of dead ambitions, of relinquished desires, that friend is a friend indeed and a friend of all time. Joy is the messenger now, dear Lord, that bears up our prayers to thee. Joy is the messenger that carries our prayers to thee, Lord. Prayer can be like incense, rising ever higher and higher, or it can be like a low earth mist clinging to the ground, never once soaring. The eye that sees all, the ear that hears all, knows every cry. But the prayer of real faith is the prayer of joy that sees and knows the heart of love it rises to greet and that is so sure of glad response. The joy of gratitude. Give, give, give. Keep ever an empty vessel for me to fill. In future, use all for me and give all you can use. How poor die those who leave wealth. Wealth is to use to spend for me. Use as you go, delight to use. Delighted to use my wealth. Unlimited supply, that is my law. Oh, the unlimited supply and oh, the poor block channels. Will you feel this? That there is no limit to my power? But man asks and blasphemies in asking such poor mean things. Do you not see how you wrong me? I desire to give you a gift, and if you are content with the poor and the mean and the sordid, then you are insulting me, the giver. Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Ask what you will, and your will is your imagination. How I can fulfill the promise is my work, not yours to consider have a big faith and expect big things, and you will get the big things. Use your imagination. I am beside you. Remember Psalm 1611? In thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Do not seek to realize this fullness of joy as a result of effort. This cannot be and any more than joy in a human friend's presence would come as a result of trying to force yourself to be like to have that friend with you 
call often my name, Jesus. The calling of my name does not really summon me. I am beside you, but it removes, as it were, the scales from your eyes, and you see me. It is as it, it were the pressure of a loved one's hand that brings an answering pressure and a thrill of joy follows a real and joyful sense of nearness. It is as it were the pressure of a loved one's hands that brings an answering pressure and a thrill of joy follows a real and joyful sense of nearness. Jesus, comforter of all the sorrowing, help us to bring thy comfort into every heart and life to which thou art longing to express that comfort through us. Use us, Lord. The years may be many or few. Places where we can best serve thee and influence most for thee. The world will be brought to me as soon, so soon, says Jesus. If only I who acknowledge me as Lord, as Christ. If only all gave themselves undeserving to be used by me. I could use each human body as mightily as I use my own human body as a channel for divine love and power. I do not delay my second coming. My followers delay it. If each live for me, for, by me, in me, allowing me to live in him, to use him to express the divine through him, as I express it when on earth, and then long ago, the world would have been drawn to me, and I should have come to claim my own. To seek my children, to live, knowing no other desire but to express me, and to show my love to your world. Power is not such an overwhelming force as it sounds, as something you call to your aid to intervene in crisis. No, power is just God in action. Therefore, whenever a servant of mine, however weak he humanly may be, allow God to work through him, then all he does is powerful. Carry this thought with you through the day in which you seem to accomplish little. Christ to see it is not you, but the divine spirit in you. All you have to do, as I have told you before, is to turn self out. A very powerful axe in a master's hand accomplishes much. The same in the hand of a weak child, nothing. So see that it is not the instrument, but the master's hand that wields the instrument that tells. Remember, no day is lost on which some spiritual truth becomes clearer. No day is lost which you have given to me to use. My use of it may not have been apparent to you. Leave that to me. Dwell in me and I in you. So shall you bear my fruit. The fruit is not the work of the branches, though proudly the branches may bear it. It is the work of the vine that sends its life-giving sap through those branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. Dwelling with me, desiring only my will and to do my work, my spirit cannot fail to pass through the channel of your life into the lives of others. Many think it is humility to say that they do little and are of little value to my world. 
to think that is pride. What if the pot were to say, I do so little, I wish I could be more used? The reply would be, it is not you, but the water that passes through you that saves and blesses. All you have to do is to see there is nothing to block the way so that the water cannot flow through. The only block that can be in your channel is self. Keep that up and know that my spirit is flowing through. Therefore, all must be the better for coming in contact with both of you. Because you are channels, see this, and you will think it naturally to know they are being helped, not by you, but my spirit flowing through you as a channel. Therefore, all must be the better for coming in contact with both of, with both of you, because you are channels. See this, and you will think it natural to know they are being helped, not by you, but by my spirit flowing through you as a channel. But this thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. Philippians three thirteen and 14. I, Jesus, say to you, forget the past. Remember only its glad days. Wipe the slate of your remembrance with love, which will erase all that is not confirmed in love. You must forget your failures, your failures, and those of others. Wipe them out of the book of your remembrance. I did not die upon the cross for man to bear the burden of his sins himself, who his own self bore our sins unto his own body on the tree. If you get, forget not the sins of others, and I bear them, then you add to my sorrows. Think of me, think of us as a wonderful friendship, a friend. A real good friend, but realize too that the wonder of friendship, as soon as a man gives me not only worship and honor, obedience, alliance, but loving understanding, then he becomes my friend as I am his. What I can do for you, what I can do for you, yes, but also what we can do for each other, what you can do for me. Your service becomes so different when you feel I count on your great friendship to do this or that for me. Dwell more, dwell much on this thought as you, as my friend and of the sweetness of my knowing where I can turn for love and understanding for help. New Forces Remember that life difficulties and troubles are not intended to arrest your progress, but to increase your speed. You must call new forces, new powers into action. Whatever it is must be surmounted, overcome. Remember this, it is a race. Nothing must daunt you. Do not let a difficult difficulty conquer you. You must conquer it. My strength will be there awaiting you. Bring all your thoughts, all your powers into action. Nothing is too small to be faced and overcome. To push small difficulties aside is to be preparing big troubles. Rise to conquer. It is the path of victory. I would have you tread. There can be no failure with me.
Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory and exceeding joy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The God of this world, very young love. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, 2 Corinthians 4.4. Again, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Her name was Barbara, and she was quite short, especially for a sixth-grade girl. But she was more physically mature than most of the other girls, who, though they were taller, were less developed. Her short, dark hair was very, very curly. She was the first of the girls to wear lipstick and makeup, and the boys, myself included, thought she was daring and exciting. She was sort of a, the class sweetheart, and nearly every sixth-grade boy was in love with her. In a sixth-grade awkward, confused, embarrassed sort of way, I was no exception. When we square danced in P.E. class, I just couldn't wait to do see-do with Barbara. She lived just down Maxwell Street from me, so we were sort of walk home, if not together at least in the same direction. I showed off for her every day, doing the crazy, ridiculous things a sixth grade boy would do to attract attention. I frog hop fire hydrants, turn cartwheels, threw insects on her, knock her books loose, insulted her, accused her of being in love with the most unlikely prospects, argued with her, and even sang songs to her. She enjoyed it encouraged it and made me act twice the fool I was already making of myself. She didn't give a flip for me, but I never ceased trying to be her favorite. Grace, on the other hand, liked me. I always knew that. She didn't try to hide it. She was taller than I, with long, straight blonde hair and a very fair complexion. She wore no makeup and her seamless, non-descriptive gingham dress totally conceal any figure she may have had. She spoke with a light accent and pronounced her name, last name, Johnson. Her speech patterns were constantly corrected by her teacher, and she compiled in every area but her name. There she persisted. Grace was a quiet, shy girl, a very pretty girl. I knew, I know that now, and when I look at our class picture, I wonder much about where my head was in the sixth grade. I liked her well enough, but she was almost like a boy to me. She did not act like a girl, like Barbara. She didn't giggle or flirt or do the other preposterous things. In fact, she didn't act at all. She, like me, she didn't try to act as if she didn't. She didn't send her girlfriends with notes or messages. She talked to me directly in a friendly, interesting way. 
We ate lunch together almost every day. She would find me on the playground, and we would open our snacks together and exchange goodies and talk. She spoke of her home in Norway, about school, about things she liked or did, and she did it so naturally. She laughed quickly, easily, genuinely, and I always had ease with her and never acted ridiculous. When she was accused of liking me, she readily assented. But I paid no attention to Grace, and I let her go while I vainly pursued Barbara. What I want you to see in this many ways, what I want you to see is that in many ways, I haven't changed much since the sixth grade. And I wonder if you have. I still catch myself going for the big names, for the lipstick, the makeup, the bright eyes, bright lights and noise. I fall for the slick promotions, the full page, full color ads, the ultimate driving experience. Yet, they don't care a flip for me. But they encourage me and lure me on. They act and I react by doing ridiculous things. Making a fool of myself, trying to win them and be part of their gaudy world. I wonder if I want so badly for that world to be real that I am willing to be deceived. When John tells us not to love the world, he speaks to me about Barbara and Grace. In my juvenile way, I thought I loved Barbara and I wanted her to love me. I didn't know how much much about love. In fact, I guess the story proves conclusively that I didn't know anything about love at all. Our culture keeps trying to tell us a concept of love that is self-defeating and has the seeds of destruction built into its very fabric. I have learned some things since then. I hope I learned to look deeper and in different places than I used to. Love isn't always pretty and is seldom found where I would have looked. Love is sort of shy. It doesn't peddle its wares on the street or on the billboards or in its magazines. It doesn't seek to attract my attention by appealing to what is based in me, my animal instincts. It doesn't entice me to burn all my energies or exhaust and waste the best I have in a fruitless pursuit. It doesn't so observe me that I totally overlook the simple beauty of much that is worthy, honest, and true. Things that are all around me. When Paul writes of the unbeliever of his day, he says that the God of this age has blinded their minds, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. What had Satan blinded their minds to? I think it was to love. We are all too willing to accept a cheap imitation because the real thing requires more effort. From the book by Smith, my mother's favorite song. Proverbs 9, <clears throat> New King James <clears throat> Bible. The way of wisdom. Wisdom has built her house. She has sown out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, 
Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mixed. Forsake foolishness, and live, and go in the way of understanding. Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mixed. Forsake foolishness, and live, and go in the way of understanding. He who reproves a scoffer gets shame for himself. And he who rebukes a wicked man gets himself a blemish. Do not reprove a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For my me your days will be multiplied and the years of your life will be added to you if you are wise you are wise for yourself and if you scoff you alone will bear it a foolish woman is clamorous she is simple and knows nothing for she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the high places of the city to to call to those who pass by who go straight on their way whoever is simple let him turn here and for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, and that our guests are in the depths of hell. Psalm 9. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. And when my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. For you have maintained my right and my cause. You sat on the throne judging in righteousness. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. O enemy, <clears throat> destructions are finished forever, and you have destroyed cities. Even their memory has perished. But the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. <clears throat> he shall judge the world in righteousness, and he shall administer judgment for the people in upright uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And those who know your name will be will put their trust in you, for you will for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwell in Zion. Declare his deeds among the people. <clears throat> when he avenges blood, he remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the humble. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Consider my trouble from whom those who hate me. You who lift me up from the gates of death, that I may dwell all of your praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in your salvation. And the nations have sunk down in the pit which they made 
in the net which they hit, their own foot is caught. The Lord is known by the judgment he executes. The wicked is snare in the work of his own hands. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Psalm 39. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. This is a prayer for wisdom and forgiveness. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle, while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as half breath, and my age is as nothing before you. Surely every man at his best state is but vapor. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. They heap up riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the reproach of the foolish. I was mute. I did not open my mouth because it was you who did it. Remove your plague from me. I am consumed by the blow of your hand. When with rebukes, you correct man for iniquity. You make his beauty melt away like a moth. Surely every man is vapor. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent in my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner as all my fathers were. Remove your gaze from me that I may regain strength before I go away, and I am no more. Psalm 69. An urgent plea for help in trouble. Save me, save me, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire <clears throat> where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They are mighty who would destroy me. Being my enemies wrongfully, though I have stolen nothing, I still <clears throat> must restore. O oh God, 
you know my foolishness and my sins are not hidden from you. Let not those who wait for you, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you by be confounded because of me, O God of Israel, and because for your sake I have borne reproach. Shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. And because zeal for your house has eaten me up and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. I also made sackcloth my garment. I became a byword to them. Those who sit in the gate speak against me and I am the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, in the acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of your mercy. Hear me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me and, and out of the deep waters. Let not the flood waters overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut its mouth on me. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn to me according to the multitude of your tender mercies, and do not hide your face from your servant. For I am in trouble, hear me deeply. Draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. You know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversities are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I look for someone to take pity, but there is no one. And for comforters, but I found none. They also gave me gal for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, and their well-being a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see, and make their loins shake continually. Pour out your indignation upon them, and let your wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolated. Let no one dwell in their tents, for they persecuted him whom you have struck, and talk of the grief of those you have wounded. Add iniquity to their iniquity, and let them not come into your righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let your salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall place the Lord better than an ox or bull. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bull, which has horns and hooves. The humble shall see this and be glad. All you who seek God, your heart shall live. For the Lord hears the poor and does not despise his prisoners. And let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and possess it. Also the descendants of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. 
Psalm 99. Praise to the Lord for his holiness. The Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He dwells between the cherubim, let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king's strength also loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called upon his name. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinances that he gave them. You answer them, O Lord God. You were to them God who will forgive. Though you took vengeance on their deeds, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. One twenty nine. Songs of victory over Sion's enemies. Many a time they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Many a time they have afflicted me from my youth. They have not prevailed against me. The plowers plow on my back. They made their furrows long. The Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. Let all those who hate Zion be put to shame and turned back. Let them be as the grass on the housetops, which litters before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor he who, builds, nor he who binds sheaves in his arms. Neither let those who pass by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. One more time. The blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord.